T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this football Friday night. Bottom of the hour, we will do a hot stove check-in, including the non-tender deadline. It's happening right about now across uh, across Major League Baseball, and it sounds like a former NL MVP is going to be cut loose. We'll tell you who and why I think it makes sense for the Phillies to look into especially with Bryce Harper out to start next season. We'll get to that. Uh, the latest in the shortstop market, NFL picks, guess the takes, and, of course, our favorite FanDuel Sportsbook props for the Eagles and the Colts on Sunday. Speaking of that game, let's talk to a guy who knows a little about the Colts here. His name is George Bremer. He's from the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, one of our Odyssey NFL podcasts here. And I figured, listen, we've been talking about Eagles-Colts all week. There's some people worried about this matchup. Jonathan Taylor the new Jeff Saturday coaching thing that's going on out there. Let's talk to a guy who knows and talks about this team and covers this team all the time. George Bremer joining us right now on the guest line. Hey, George, how you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? Well, we're doing well. Uh, I mean, the team's 8-1, and one, so the, everyone here is doing pretty well. But coming off a loss and, and now a, a little bit of apprehension heading into uh, the Eagles' next opponent, which, of course, is the Colts. George, question is, how are you after watching the Colts win with Jeff Saturday on Sunday? It seems like it's been a kind of a roller coaster season out there. Uh, to say the least, I think a lot of heads still spinning around this place. Uh, it has been as unpredictable a year as I can remember. I've been around this team, uh, at least in some capacity, since 2010. And I can't remember anything quite like this season, uh, even just the last three weeks. I mean, we talked to Reggie Wayne earlier this week, and he said, you know, it's his first year as a position coach. He can write a book already, and and I don't think he's I don't think he's joking. He, he absolutely could. Uh, it's it's been roller coaster is, is is a very good way to put it. So George, what happened um, before we get to talk about the team right now and and what kind of matchup this is on Sunday? What what changed? Because I, I would argue about a year ago, George, other than quarterback, right? Because that that's been in a flux since uh, Andrew Luck retired abruptly a few summers ago. It seemed like a pretty stable franchise. Frank Reich had been there a while and, and was doing pretty well. Uh, obviously, Chris Ballard's been there a long time. I, did, I didn't look at the Colts and say instability about a year ago, and since then, it feels like everything has just, just changed. Well, why? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I think that's part of why everything that's happened this season is so shocking. It started really with the offensive line kind of taking a, a major step back. Uh, they've given up 36 sacks this year. They had a stretch there where they just uh, they had nine sacks, obviously, in, in the loss against New England, which was Reich's last game. But four, five, six sacks was a was a regular week, uh, and I think it just I, I think at some point the owners started to go a little crazy, uh, given this whole quarterback carousel, the, the way 
Uh, things have gone since Andrew Luck retired, you know, a new guy every year. Obviously, things ended last year very poorly with Carson Wentz. You guys are, are familiar with that feeling. Uh, and then bring in Matt Ryan, and there were incredibly high expectations uh, because they felt like he was the missing piece. And that line fell apart. The running game went away as a result of that. They couldn't protect him. He turned the ball over. And, you know, after they lost to Tennessee uh, for the second time, it just felt like for the first time in years, there was real panic coming from the front office, from, from really from the owner's office. Uh, you know, they went with Sam Ellinger, then they fired Marcus Brady, the offense coordinator, and then they fired Frank Reich. And it felt like in some ways that last one sort of stabilized them in a way in that I think it shocked everybody a little bit to their senses. Uh, you know, it, it was such a big move. I think the players came together and said, all right, we've got to do something about this or this season is going to totally get away from us. George, tell us your reaction to the Saturday move when it happened, and then after watching his first week or so on the job, including a win on Sunday, um, has your perception changed at all? Uh, give, give us the kind of the, the thought process on Jeff Saturday as he's gone from, I mean, basically just a consultant who was a coach, high school coach in, you know, on, on the side to now the head coach of the Colts in, in about a two-week span. Hey, I was absolutely stunned along with everybody else when the news first came. That was funny because that day, you know, the Frank Reich firing was the news, and we all had written that story. And about a couple hours later, uh, the Jeff Saturday news broke, and, and that overshadowed everything. You know, that was such a crazy move uh, that, that everything else became secondary. I'm still not really sure what to think about it long term. He obviously rallied the guys. Uh, they, they performed much better, I think, than they, expect, than they were expected to last week. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, with the problems the Raiders have as well. So, it's hard to really know what you can take from that game and, and what really was a mirage. Uh, but one thing's for sure about Saturday, he's got a ton of energy. He's got a ton of passion for the game. And it's really infectious. Even when he's talking to the media, uh, he's just one of those guys that fires up a room with his personality. Like the players took that right away. But the biggest thing he did was reinstall Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback. I, I think there was a lot of faith in his ability, what he's done in the fourth quarter this season five fourth-quarter comebacks, four game-winning drives. I think this team feels a lot more confidence when he's on the field, no matter what the situation is. Uh, and the second biggest thing he did was to empower the leaders of this team and tell them, you know, this is your show. Uh, this is going to go the way you guys make it go. You know, this story's going to be written by you. And I think they really took that to heart. Guys like the Forrest Buckners, Zaire Franklin, Matt Ryan got up in front of the team, uh, and, and, you know, basically gave him a passing speech and said, look, it doesn't matter who the coach is. You know, if they can fire Frank Wright, they can fire all of you too. So we better get this together and we better figure something out. It worked for a week. Now we'll see. It's a much bigger test this week than it was last Sunday. George, um, give me your thoughts on Nick Sirianni, what you thought of him while he was in Indianapolis. I mean, I'll just tell you, when he got the job here a couple years ago, there was surprise. There was kind of like a who is this? Uh, his opening press conference in Philadelphia will live in infamy. It was our, one of our drop boards here still has about half of it based on what he said or stumbled to say that day. It was not a great first impression, George, to, to, put, to put it mildly. And he got off to a tough start last year, 2-5. and five. And since then, I think the Eagles might have the best record in the NFL. You know, since that point around the end of last October, he's blossomed into a really good head coach. What did you think of him, George, uh, at the time he was a Colts coordinator? Are you surprised he's doing this well this quickly? No, you know, I'm not surprised because I think Nick's always been 
a really bright guy, uh, and he obviously spent a lot of time around Frank Reich. I mean, uh, that's one of his coaching mentors. They really came up together. Well, he really came up alongside Reich in San Diego, uh, and then they were able to carry that over here in Indianapolis. I think he's got a lot of confidence. He's got that edge to him uh, that I don't know a lot of head coaches have. You know, he's feisty out there on the sideline. Uh, even after, you know, a lot of the postgame videos with him can be highly entertaining. Uh, but I think Nick's just, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of energy. I think he really relates well to players. We saw all of that here in Indy. Uh, even when he did his, you know, crossover uh, media availability with us this week, he, he was calling out guys by name. He still remembers their verse, their voices. He's just a really personable guy, and I think he connects really well with players as a result of that. Uh, and it's much like Frank Reich. I think it, for him, it's, it's more about that interpersonal relationship than it is the X's and O's, but he's really good at that too. So, you know, I, you never know how things are going to go in the NFL. I think there's so many things that, that, that a coach doesn't have control of that have to kind of break your way, but it's not surprising to me that he's winning. I, I think we always felt like this is a guy that, you know, once somebody gave him a chance – he would run with it. We're talking to George Bremer here from the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, one half of it along with Ryan Hickey of CBS Sports Radio. George, um, so I, I guess we'll, let, let me frame it this way. What kind of a team are the Eagles facing on Sunday? Because I, when the year started, I would have said the Colts were a good team. I, I thought they'd win that AFC South. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen now. Uh, and then about three weeks ago, I said, oh, wow, they're a bad team. I look up, though, they're 4-5-1. and one. They have Ryan back at quarterback, and their defense statistically looks like it's pretty good. What kind of team is, are the Colts right now? That's a really good question. It changes from week to week. I mean, every week this year has been its own season. You really never know what to expect from them from one week to the next. But I think the defense has been a constant. They've been a playoff-caliber defense all year long. They had a great job against Kansas City uh, early in the year, their first win. I think going into that one, there was a lot of trepidation because they hadn't played well in the first two weeks. But really, since that week three win, the defense has been really consistent. Uh, the, the secondary really rallied behind Stephon Gilmore, who's been a terrific addition to this team. I think he's been able to close out a couple games uh, just with his play in the fourth quarter. The linebackers have been really good, really solid, even without Shaquille Leonard. Uh, but the, the heart of this defense right now has been the defensive tackles. And DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart just blow up series. Uh, there's times with which each of them, where they'll just decide no one's going to move the ball on, on this set of downs, and, and they'll just make that happen. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they match up with, with Philadelphia. I think they face the team as explosive, and Kansas City is explosive in its own way, but I don't think ex- they face the team as explosive on the ground as the Eagles can be and as versatile as the Eagles are. I mean, they, they can do so many different things with so many different weapons, I think it'll be a really good test for that defense. Offensively, last week's the first time all year I think we saw the team we expected to see. The offensive line got it together. They ran for 6.9 yards for carry. Jonathan Taylor broke off a 66-yard run. They protected Matt Ryan. He was really efficient as a result. If you get that offense, which I think the Colts thought they would have every year, then they can be in the game with just about anybody. But if the line is, is as leaky as it's been at times and they can't get that run game going and they can't protect Matt Ryan – it can get really ugly just as quickly. George, uh, Jonathan Taylor on Sunday had probably his best game of the season. Uh, is he kind of rounding back into that formula? He's, last year, from like, basically pillar to post, he was the best running back in the league. He hasn't been that so far this year. Did you see kind of the Taylor of 2021 last Sunday? What, what kind of Jonathan Taylor are the Eagles going up against? Because I'm sure you, you guys are talking about it this week. The Eagles' run defense right now 
it's been an issue. Uh, they lost Jordan Davis, their big nose tackle, a few weeks ago in an injury. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to pass this thing together. I mean, they're signing guys off the street. I mean, high-profile guys like Sue and Linval Joseph, but they're, they're in a flux right now stopping the run. What, what kind of uh, performance did you see from Taylor on Sunday, and, and is, he, is he back to what he was last year? Yeah, I think he's healthy for the first time. I think that really made a big difference. He was dealing with an ankle injury, and he didn't have that burst that, that we've seen from him really since he got here out of Wisconsin. Uh, but you did see it on Sunday. That 66-yard run was the longest one he's had since Christmas Day last year. So you get a feeling of how long that struggle has kind of gone. It was just as one, since his second 100-yard game. Uh, and really even the first one against the Texans, a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when they were kind of running a hurry-up offense and it kind of spread the defense out. So it, didn't, it felt more gimmicky than Sunday when they really were just lining up and, and blowing people off the ball. And he looked like his old self on Sunday for sure. Uh, again, you know, we'll see how that goes. The offensive line right now has been in flux all year. It, it remains we've seen a Braden Smith will play at right tackle on Sunday. I think he was a big part of what they did last week against the Raiders. And if that line can, can hold up, if they can give him a little bit of room, uh, Johnson Taylor on Sunday did look like his old self for the first time this year. Yeah, and that's a fear for the Eagles right now because their run defense uh, is pretty suspect. All right, so other than Taylor, we'll end with this, George. Other than Taylor, who should uh, our, our audience and who should I be worried about on Sunday when the Eagles line up against the uh, the Colts? If it's not Taylor, who who's the playmaker? Who, who are the guys that could hurt the Eagles on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. is their number one guy. He and Matt Ryan really hit it off as far back as the spring. Uh, he's been the guy that, that gets the most targets. The defenses have really kind of tried to take him away since about week three once they realized Ryan was going to go to him more than anybody else. I think the other guy that, that's really been stepping up and making plays, Paris Campbell's healthy for the first time in his NFL career, and he's tied for the team lead with three touchdowns. He's a guy that sometimes gets lost in the flow. People are worried about Alec Pierce, the rookie, beating him deep. They're worried about Fitman being that, that physical chain mover, and then you know Campbell kind of flips in there and, and can make big plays. George, I appreciate you hopping on. Great stuff, and uh, we will definitely check out the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Thank you, George. There he goes, George Bremer there from the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, joining us there to talk some Colts. And um, I'll tell you, after listening to him talking about the team there, it doesn't – and I think you said it earlier, Tucker, that you were, we were trying to remember their record offhand. Doesn't it feel like they're worse than they are? Like, the Eagles are going in, and I, they're better, but they're 4-5-1. and one. And they do have a defense that's played probably at a top 10 level this year, and their better quarterback is back out there this week. And Jonathan Taylor's healthy. I mean, this doesn't feel like a walkover in terms of the two teams right now. Like, I, I think the Eagles will win this game, but it's a weird Colts thing because two weeks ago I thought they were bad. And then five weeks ago I thought they still could be good. I'm not sure what they are now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned they're 4-5-1, and one, but they're – Four, three, and one with Matt Ryan under center. And right. if you look at that defense, they rank in the top ten in, in a lot of categories. I think they're second in, in yards per carry as a team right now. So, yeah, it's it's weird because they look like a dumpster fire with all the headlines that they've produced in the last year or so. They sure seem like a dumpster fire, but when you watch them play, and especially under Matt Ryan's control offensively, they aren't that bad. I mean, they put up 389 yards of, of passing against Jacksonville back in week six before Ryan got benched for, for Sam Ellinger the following week against Tennessee. And you kind of see what they did against Vegas where they ran for 200 yards thanks to Jonathan Taylor, who, who's finally healthy. I mean, are the Colts a, a great team? No. Are they better than the Eagles? No. But 
is you kind of work your way down and look at the matchups, they do match up pretty favorably against the Eagles because they're really good running the football in, in a week where I think the Eagles could try to establish the run early, especially because they didn't do it last week. You're running into an, a, a defense that's second in the league against the run. Yeah, they're pretty good against the pass. Um, the Eagles are down, down a big pass catcher, obviously, in Dallas Goddard. I keep coming back to Jalen Hurts' legs on Sunday. I, I think they could be the X factor in the game. He has not used them to the extent he did early in the season. I mean, they just haven't run the ball with Jalen Hurts much. You know, it's outside the quarterback sneak type of stuff. That feels like an X factor. No, no, uh, is he? It's Shaquille Leonard now or Darius Shaquille? No, now he's Shaquille. Sha- you might go, go back to Darius because this season's been. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shaq Leonard really hasn't put a stamp on the NFL the way Darius did. Now, I'm sure a lot of people think it's a different linebacker who has neck and knee and nose and back issues. Yeah, but with him out, and obviously whatever his name is, he's not playing on Sunday. It just takes something away from their defense that maybe could have stopped Jalen Hurts' legs or contained him a little bit. I just think they're going to need that on Sunday to win this game. This this doesn't feel like an easy game unless they could pressure Matt Ryan. That, that feels like another X factor. That line for the Colts isn't what it used to be. The right tackle's banged up too today. If they pressure Matt Ryan, that's where they could get ahead and just stay ahead. Yeah, I mean, that, that offensive line is expensive and it's not very good. And the other thing to think about, and it's something the Eagles have excelled at all season until last week, is turnovers. The Colts are 29th mm. in, in turnovers offensively and they're 24th in, in takeaways defensively. So that's something that the Eagles – have been been really good at and until they lost to the Commanders. That's something they should be able to take advantage of. Matt Ryan has 10 touchdowns and 9 interceptions so far. Yeah, and I mean, Matt Matt's probably on the way out as being a star. I mean, I still don't understand why they benched him. That, that's I'm still not sure, except Jim Irsay just you got an itchy trigger finger a couple weeks ago said he's making calls. Feels like what happened. Is it kind of weird that Frank Reich had to play Sam Ellinger so – he could get fired, and then as soon as Jeff Saturday comes in, he gets to pick the quarterback? Well, I mean, when you hire a head coach with as much experience as Jeff Saturday, you let, you leave him alone, you let him do his job. He's a leader of men. That's right. Um, he went from high school straight to the NFL and won his first game. Here, here's, here's what I can't have happen. I can't have the Eagles lose their second straight game and the second one be to Jeff Saturday. Just can't, we, we can't do it. I mean, that, all the good vibes for two months of winning football, it feels like it really dissipates fast if they lose two in a row, including the second one to Jeff Saturday. Yeah, it wouldn't be great. No, I mean, he's not even really a head coach. I mean, he's just there because Jim Irsay likes him. I mean, I know he won his first game. But Is he like a figurehead? Is he a head of state? It's kind of like the Queen of England. Like, he's not doing anything, but when you think Colts, you think Jeff Saturday. Yeah, you ever watch The Crown on Netflix? I have not. I hear good things. It's, uh, it's kind of about the Queen of England. So I've, I've watched some of it. She doesn't do anything. No, but she's I, – I hate to say mascot because I think that probably <laughs> is underselling her. The well, she's also a mascot. Yeah. It's a horse. Yeah. But – She also just passed away, this person we're talking about. The horse? No. The, the, the Queen of England. Not like the, the – where I am in the show. Yeah, I but was, she was like 95. No, like, I, know, I don't I think know. it was really a, a tragedy. <laughs> That's what old people do, Joe. I no, I understand that. It was it was a perfectly reasonable age for her to pass. I mean, I, I, we agree on that. I just don't feel bad comparing her to a blue horse. No, it, I I don't know where that came from, but I'm just saying, watching the show now, where I am in the portrayal of her, she's much younger. She's like sixty, right? So she's very, she's all there. She's in her prime, really. Yeah, but she doesn't do anything. She's, but every scene is just her having tea and, and lunch with somebody. Do you think that's a secret to a long life? Is don't do anything? Probably more than you think. 
right? It's the people that grind and, and are, are working themselves hard. They, you think she ever had stress? Yeah, I mean, there's stress. Yeah, I mean, the, her, the divorce between her son and Princess Diana kind of put the country on tilt. It was, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, you're kind of expected to be, like you said, a figurehead or I just feel like the mascot. stresses of the monarchs of years and ages past are no longer there. Like, Well, that's true. She doesn't have to worry about a coup. She doesn't have to worry about, like, another family coming in and burning down Buckingham Palace. No, I think we're past that. No, we are, yeah. No, we better be. Um, no, I think it's a different kind of stress. It's like the country looked to her for to set the tone more than actually do anything. I'm telling you, I, I've watched, like, four episodes. The lady just has tea and hangs out with people all the time. And that's what Jeff Saturday is doing. Is it tea? Probably something else. Probably booze. I mean, let's be real. I'll be drinking beer and hanging out with the owner. We're not we're not we're not hanging out and and sipping tea in um in Indianapolis. All right. On the other side, we got a lot to hit in our in our final segment here on this Friday night. We're gonna have a hot stove check-in, including the non-tender deadline today. A former NL MVP, and I don't not that long ago, is now a free agent, and I think it makes sense for the Phillies to inquire about signing him, especially with Bryce Harper out for an extended period next season with uh, elbow surgery coming up for Bryce on Wednesday. So we'll get to a hot stove check-in, which shortstop the Phillies are most likely to land. Bad news in the NL, as the best team on paper might get better. And, of course, we have NFL picks, guys, that takes, and a hot, and a, um, and a FanDuel Sportsbook props for the Eagles and the Colts. All coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new player or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forest Casino is you combine these props and other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payoff. Perfect for Sunday's games. How about we use the Eagles game here? Let's look ahead here. I, I do like Jalen Hurts uh, and his rushing total in this game to go over. I do like Matt Ryan to throw an interception, and I will take the Eagles to win the game. Same game parlay is one of the many reads I bet with FanDuel. Look, it's easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. And it's America's number one sportsbook. And when you win, FanDuel pays your winnings fast. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. I really like the FanDuel app. There's no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up today. Promo code Gilio for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.